and welcome to the Brothers Grimm Lunch Break. I'm Eric Wagoner. Today I'll be reading Brother Lustig. Once upon a time there was a great war, and when the war was over, many soldiers were discharged. So it was that Brother Lustig, too, received his walking papers, and nothing else but a small loaf of ration bread and four croisers in money. With that he set out on his way. In the meantime, St. Peter had disguised himself as a poor beggar and taken a place by the roadside, so when Brother Lustig passed by, he begged for alms. My dear beggar, Brother Lustig said, I don't think I have much to offer. You see, I was once a soldier, and now I've been discharged and have nothing but this small loaf of ration bread and four croisers in cash. When that's all gone, I'll have to go begging just like you. Still, I want to give you something. Thereupon he divided the loaf into four parts and gave the apostle one part along with one croiser. St. Peter thanked him and then went further along the road where he sat down again, disguised as another beggar, and waited for the soldier to come along. When Brother Lustig approached, St. Peter begged for alms once again. The soldier responded as he had before and gave him a quarter of the bread and a croiser. St. Peter thanked him and went farther along the road, only to sit down a third time in the disguise of yet another beggar. When he addressed Brother Lustig, the soldier gave him the third part of his bread and a third croiser. St. Peter thanked him, and Brother Lustig continued on his way with nothing more than a fourth of the bread and one croiser. Then he went into a tavern where he ate the bread and ordered a beer for a croiser. After he had finished eating and drinking, he moved on, and St. Peter came toward him once more, now in the disguise of a discharged soldier. "'Good day, comrade,' spoke St. Peter. "'Could you give me a piece of bread and a croiser for a drink?' "'Where shall I get it from?' answered Brother Lustig. "'I've been discharged from the army, and they gave me nothing but a loaf of ration bread and four croisers in money.' Then I met three beggars along the road, and gave each one of them a fourth of my bread and a croiser. I ate the last piece of bread in a tavern, and spent my last croiser on a drink. Now my pockets are empty, and if you're broke as well, we can go begging together. No, replied St. Peter, that won't be necessary. I know something about doctoring, and I'll be able to earn as much as I need by doing that. I see, said Brother Lustig. Well, I don't know the first thing about doctoring, so I'll have to go begging alone. Why don't you come along with me, said St. Peter. If I earn something, I'll give you half. Well, that's fine with me, said Brother Lustig, and they went away together. Shortly after, they came to a farmhouse and heard a tremendous crying and groaning from inside. When they entered, they found a sick man lying in bed on the verge of death with his wife weeping and wailing very loudly. Stop your weeping and wailing, St. Peter said. I'll make your husband well again. He took a salve from his pocket, and in the very next moment he healed the sick man so that he could get up, and he appeared to be quite healthy. The husband and wife were ecstatic and asked, How can we reward you? What can we give you? St. Peter did not want to take anything, and the more the farmer and his wife insisted, the more St. Peter refused. But Brother Lustig nudged St. Peter and said, You've got to take something. We need it. Finally, the farmer's wife brought in a lamb and told St. Peter he had to accept it. Yet, he still refused. 
Then Brother Lustig poked him in the side and said, Take it, you stupid fool, we need it. At last St. Peter said, All right, I'll take the lamb, but I'm not going to carry it. If you want it, then you must carry it. No need to worry, said Brother Lustig. I'll manage with ease. And he picked it up and carried it away on his shoulder. After they departed, they came to a forest. In the meantime, Brother Lustig had begun feeling the weight of the lamb, and since he was also hungry, he said to St. Peter, Look, that's a nice spot. We could cook and eat the lamb over there. That's fine with me, answered St. Peter, but I don't know how to cook. If you want to cook, here's a kettle. In the meanwhile, I'll take a look around until the meal's ready, but don't start eating till I get back. I'll return on time. Go ahead, said Brother Lustig. I know a thing or two about cooking, and I'll take care of everything. So St. Peter went off, and Brother Lustig slaughtered the lamb, started a fire, threw the meat into the kettle, and cooked it. When the lamb was done, and the apostle had still not returned, Brother Lustig took the lamb out of the kettle, cut it up, and found the heart. That's supposed to be the best part, he said. First he just tasted it, but then he succumbed and ate it up. At last St. Peter came back and said, You can eat the whole lamb yourself. Just give me the heart. It's the only thing I want. Brother Lustig took the knife and fork and pretended to be busily looking for the heart, but he could not find it. After a while, he declared, There's none here. Where do you suppose it is? asked the apostle. I don't know, answered Brother Lustig. But just think how foolish both of us are. Here we're looking for a lamb's heart, and we've both forgotten that a lamb doesn't have a heart. My word, said St. Peter, that's something quite new to me. Every animal has a heart. Why shouldn't a lamb have one? That's not so, brother. A lamb doesn't have a heart. If you really think about it, you'll see I'm right. It truly doesn't have one. Very well, said St. Peter. If there's no heart, then I don't need any of the lamb. You can eat it up yourself. Whatever I can't eat, I'll take with me in my knapsack, said Brother Lustig. And he ate half the lamb and stuck the rest in his knapsack. After they set out again, St. Peter made a large stream of water rise up and flow directly across their path, forcing them to wade through it. You go first, said St. Peter. No, answered Brother Lustig. You go first. And he thought, if the water's too deep, I'll stay behind. So St. Peter waded through, and the water barely touched his knees. But when Brother Lustig began to walk through, the water grew deeper and rose to his neck. Then he called out, Brother, help me. But St. Peter asked, Will you confess that you ate the lamb's heart? No, he replied, I didn't eat it. Then the water grew deeper until it reached his mouth. Help me, brother, cried the soldier. Then St. Peter asked one more time, Will you confess that you ate the lamb's heart? No, he answered, I didn't eat it. Since St. Peter did not want to let him drown, he had the water sink and helped him across. So they continued traveling and came to a kingdom, where they heard that a king's daughter was sick and on the brink of death. Hey now, brother, said the soldier to St. Peter, this is our chance. If we make her well, we'll be set for the rest of our lives. But St. Peter did not quicken his pace, and Brother Lustig cried, Pick up your feet, dear brother, we've got to make it there before it's too late. However, the more Brother Lustig pushed and shoved, the slower St. Peter went, and at last they heard that the king's daughter had died. 
You see, said Brother Lustig, that's what we get when you drag your feet. Just be quiet, answered St. Peter. I can do more than just heal the sick. I can bring the dead back to life. Well, if that's the case, said Brother Lustig, I'm glad, but I expect you to earn half the kingdom for us at the very least. Then they went to the royal palace, where everyone was in deep mourning. However, St. Peter told the king he would restore his daughter to life, and when he was taken to her, he said, Bring me a kettle of water. After it was brought, he ordered everyone to go outside except Brother Lustig. Then he cut off all the limbs of the dead maiden, threw them into the water, made a fire under the kettle, and let everything boil. After all the flesh had fallen off, he took out the beautiful white bones and placed them on a table, where he arranged them according to their natural order. When that had been done, he stepped up to the table and said three times, In the name of the Most Holy Trinity, I call upon you to arise, dead woman. At the third time, the king's daughter stood up, and she was alive, well, and beautiful. The king was overjoyed by this, and said to St. Peter, Name your reward, and even if it's half my kingdom, I shall give it to you. But St. Peter replied, I don't want anything in return. Oh, you dumb fool, thought Brother Lustig to himself, and he poked his comrade in the side and said, Don't be an idiot. Even if you don't want anything, think of me. Although St. Peter still refused to accept anything, the king noticed that the other wanted something, and he ordered his treasurer to fill his knapsack with gold. Thereupon they continued on their way, and when they reached a forest, St. Peter said to Brother Lustig, Now let's divide the gold. That's all right with me, he answered. Let's get to it. So St. Peter divided the gold into three piles, and Brother Lustig thought, He's off his rocker with his ridiculous ideas. Why is he making three piles when there are only two of us? I've divided everything just right, said St. Peter. One pile for me, one for you, and one for the person who ate the lamb's heart. Oh, that was me, answered Brother Lustig, who snatched up the gold as quickly as he could. Believe me, I ate it. How can that be? asked St. Peter. A lamb doesn't have a heart. Hey, where'd you get that idea, brother? Of course a lamb has a heart, just like all the animals. Why should the lamb be different? Very well, I understand now, said St. Peter. Keep the gold for yourself, but I'm not staying with you any longer. I'm going my own way. As you wish, dear brother, answered the soldier. Farewell. Then St. Peter turned down a different road, while Brother Lustig thought, Well, I'm glad to see him go. He's certainly a strange sort of saint. Now the soldier had plenty of money, but he did not know how to handle it. In the course of time he squandered it and gave it away, so that his pockets soon became empty again. Then he came to a country where he heard that the king's daughter had just died. Hey now, he thought to himself, that can turn out to be a good thing for you. You'll bring her back to life and have them reward you the way one ought to be rewarded. So he went to the king and offered to restore his dead daughter to life. Since the king had heard that a discharged soldier was traveling about and bringing dead people back to life, he thought Brother Lustig was this man. But he did not trust him and asked his counselors for advice. They told him to take a chance because his daughter was dead anyway. So Brother Lustig had a kettle of water brought to him and ordered everyone to leave the room, whereupon he cut off the limbs, threw them in the water, and made a fire underneath, 
just as he had seen St. Peter do. When the water began to boil, the flesh fell off the bones, and he took them out and put them on the table, but he did not know how to arrange them and proceeded to mix them all up. Then he stood in front of the table and said, In the name of the Most Holy Trinity, I call upon you to arise, dead woman. He said that three times, but the bones did not stir. He said it again three times, but it was all in vain. You stupid woman, get up, he cried. Get up, or you'll regret it. Just as he was uttering those words, St. Peter suddenly came through the window in his former guise as a discharged soldier and said, You godless man, what do you think you're doing? How can this dead maiden get up when you've mixed up all her bones? Brother dear, I've done the best I could, he answered. Well, this time I'll help you out of your mess, but I warn you, if you ever try something like this again, you'll suffer the consequences. What's more, I don't want you to ask for or to accept the least little thing from the king. Thereupon, St. Peter arranged the bones in their right order and said to the maiden three times, In the name of the Most Holy Trinity, I call upon you to arise, dead woman. And the king's daughter stood up, and she was as fit and as beautiful as she was before. So St. Peter went back out the window, and Brother Lustig was glad that everything had turned out so well. However, he was annoyed that he was not permitted to accept anything. I'd like to know, he thought, what's going on in that crazy head of his. Whatever he gives with the one hand, he takes away with the other. That makes no sense. Now the king offered Brother Lustig whatever he wanted, but he was forbidden to take anything. Nevertheless, he managed by hints and cunning to get the king to order his knapsack to be filled with gold. Thereafter, he left the castle. However, as he was passing through the gate, St. Peter was waiting for him outside and said, What kind of man are you anyway? Didn't I forbid you to take anything? But now your knapsack's filled with gold. What could I do? answered Brother Lustig. They just stuffed it right in. I'm warning you, you better not try anything like that a second time, or else you'll pay for it. My word, brother, don't worry. Now that I've got some gold, what would I want with bone washing? Indeed, said St. Peter, a long time that gold will last. But just so you don't go astray again, I'm going to give your knapsack the power to obtain anything you wish. Farewell now, you won't be seeing me again. May God be with you, answered Brother Lustig, who thought, I'm glad to see you go, you queer bird. You can be sure that I won't tag along after you. And he did not even give a second thought to the magic power that his knapsack now possessed. Brother Lustig resumed his wandering, and he also squandered and wasted his gold just as he had done the first time. When he had nothing left but four croisers, he stopped at an inn and thought, The money's got to go sometime, and he ordered wine and bread for the four croisers. As he was sitting there and drinking his wine, the smell of roast goose reached his nostrils. Brother Lustig looked around a bit until he discovered that the innkeeper was keeping two geese warm in the oven. Then he remembered that his comrade had said he could obtain whatever he wished to be in his knapsack. I might as well try it out with the geese, he thought. So he went outside, stood in front of the door, and said, I wish the two roast geese would move from the oven into my knapsack. Right after he said that, he unbuckled his knapsack and looked inside, and there they were. Ah, that's the way, he said. Now I'm a made man. He went to a meadow and set about eating the geese. 
When he was in the middle of his meal, two journeymen came along and looked hungrily at the goose that had not been touched yet. One's enough for me, thought Brother Lustig, and he called the two journeymen to come over and said, Here, take the goose and eat it in honor of my good health. They thanked him and took the goose to the inn, where they ordered half a bottle of wine and a loaf of bread. When they unpacked the goose that they had received as a gift and began to eat it, the innkeeper's wife observed them and said to her husband, Those two are eating a goose. Why don't you take a look to see if one of ours is missing from the oven? The innkeeper went over and found the oven empty. What, you thieving rascals! So you think you can get a cheap meal off us? You'd better pay at once, or else I'll beat your hides with a green hazel stick. But we're not thieves, the two said. A discharged soldier gave us the goose out there on the meadow. Don't try to fool me. The soldier was here, but he went out the door like an honest fellow. I watched him closely. You're the thieves, and you're going to pay. However, since they could not pay, he took the stick and beat them out the door. Meanwhile, Brother Lustig went his way and came to a place where there was a magnificent castle with a shabby inn nearby. He went to the inn and asked for a night's lodging, but the innkeeper turned him away and said, There's no more room here. This place is full of noble guests. I'm surprised that noble men would come to you and not go to that magnificent castle, said Brother Lustig. Well, answered the innkeeper, it's quite difficult to spend the night there. Anyone who's ever tried has not come out alive. If others have tried it, said Brother Lustig, then I'm going to try too. You'd better leave it alone, said the innkeeper. It will cost you your neck. I'm not worried about my neck right now, said Brother Lustig. Just give me the keys and some good food and drink. So the innkeeper gave him the keys and food and drink. Brother Lustig took everything with him into the castle and enjoyed the meal. Eventually he became sleepy and lay down on the ground because there was no bed. Soon he fell asleep, but he was awakened in the night by a loud noise. When he opened his eyes, he saw nine ugly devils dancing in a circle around him. Just dance as long as you want, said Brother Lustig, but don't any of you come too close to me. Yet the devils kept pressing toward him and almost stepped on his face with their hideous feet. Quiet down, you ghastly devils, he cried. But they got worse and worse. Then Brother Lustig became angry and shouted, All right, I'll quiet you down soon enough. So he took the leg of a chair and started swinging at them. However, nine devils against one soldier was too much, and when he hit those in front of him, the others behind him grabbed him by the hair and pulled unmercifully. You nasty pack of devils, he exclaimed. I've just about had enough of you. Just wait. Into my knapsack, all nine of you. Before they knew it, they were inside, and he buckled the knapsack and threw it into a corner. Then all was suddenly quiet, and Brother Lustig lay down again and slept until daylight. Now the innkeeper came with the nobleman who owned the castle to see how things had gone with him. When they saw that he was well and cheerful, they were astonished and asked, didn't the ghosts do anything to you? They tried their best, he answered, but I stuck nine of them into my knapsack. Now you can move back into your castle and live in peace and quiet. Nobody will ever haunt it again. The nobleman thanked him, rewarded him generously, and asked him to remain in his employ, where he would be taken care of for the rest of his life. No, he answered, I'm used to traveling about, and I want to move on. So Brother Lustig set out again, and when he got to a smithy, 
he put the knapsack that contained the nine devils on the anvil and asked the blacksmith and his helpers to flatten it out. They then pounded with their large hammers with all their might, and the devils let loose terrible howls. When he opened the knapsack afterward, eight of the devils were dead, but one of them, who had sat in a crease, was still alive, and he slipped out and went back to hell. Now Brother Lustig traveled about the world for a long time, and anyone who knows about his adventures has a good deal to tell. However, he eventually grew old and thought about his end. So he went to a hermit, who was known to be a pious man. I'm tired of wandering, and I want to try now to get into the kingdom of heaven, he said. There are two paths, the hermit responded. One is wide and pleasant and leads to hell. The other is narrow and rough and leads to heaven. Well, I'd have to be a fool, he thought, if I took the narrow and rough one. So he set out and took the wide and pleasant path, and eventually came to a large black gate, which was the gate of hell. Brother Lustig knocked, and the gatekeeper looked out to see who was there. However, when he saw Brother Lustig, he was terrified, for he was the very same ninth devil who had been in the knapsack and who had escaped with a black eye. Therefore he quickly bolted the gate, ran to the head of the devils, and said, "'There's a fellow with a knapsack outside who wants to come in, but whatever you do, don't let him in, or he'll wish the whole of hell into his knapsack. The one time he got me in it, he gave me a nasty beating.' So Brother Lustig was told to move on, for he would not be admitted into hell. Well, if they don't want me there, he thought, I'll go and see if I can find a place to stay in heaven, for I've got to stay somewhere. He turned around and continued on his way until he got to the gate of heaven and knocked. St. Peter happened to be sitting right there as gatekeeper, and Brother Lustig recognized him right away. Here's an old friend, he thought. Things will go better here. But St. Peter said, Do you think you can make me believe that you really want to get into heaven? Come, let me in, brother. I've got to find a place somewhere. If they had let me into hell, I wouldn't have come here. No, said St. Peter, I won't let you in. Well, if you don't want to let me in, then take back your knapsack, because I don't want to keep anything that belongs to you, said Brother Lustig. All right, give it to me, answered St. Peter. So Brother Lustig handed him the knapsack through the bars of the gate, and St. Peter hung it up beside his chair. Suddenly, Brother Lustig said, Now I wish myself into my knapsack. Within seconds he was inside the knapsack, and inside heaven as well. So St. Peter was obliged to let him stay there. The End the Brothers' Grim Lunch Break is released under a Creative Commons, Attribution, Non-Commercial, No Derivatives license. Download it and share it all you'd like, but don't change it or sell it. The translations used are copyright Jack Zipes and are used with permission. His collected translations, The Complete Fairy Tales of the Brothers Grimm, is available on the media of your choice from Bantam Books. The music is Mount Timbrel by Jamie Janover off his All Strings Considered album, available on magnatune.com. If you'd like to listen to any of the other tales, you can find them on our website, grimlunch.org, where you can also leave comments or subscribe through iTunes. And if you're in iTunes, would you mind leaving a review or clicking on stars to give this podcast a rating? It helps other people find the podcast, and I'd really appreciate it. Thank you for listening. (laughs) 